0: The first reading is from Isaiah, the 56th chapter. Thus says the Lord, Keep justice, and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come, and my righteousness will be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of the man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it, and keeps his hands from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from my people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, To the eunuch who keeps my Sabbath, who chooses the things that pleases me, and holds fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Our psalm today is Psalm 4. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Make me dwell in safety. The second reading is from the book of Acts, the twelfth chapter. About that time Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after Penteco- excuse me, after Passover to bring him out to, to the people. So Peter kept, was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now when Herod was out, about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands, and the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know what was being done by the angel was real but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhonda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice, in her joy she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing by the gate. They said to her, You are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, It is his angel." But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Tell these things to James and the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. This is the word of the Lord.
1: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 22nd chapter. And he said to them, When I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? They said, Nothing. He said to them, But now let the one who has a money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack. And let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For what is written about me has its fulfillment. They said, Look, Lord, here are two swords. He said to them, It is enough. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. The disciples followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw. He knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours, be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. His sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. He said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter temptation. This is the gospel of our Lord. All right, so welcome back to a being challenge, a 40-day challenge to be like Jesus. We're ultimately trying to grow in our relationship with God, and so we are studying how the only one to ever live a perfect relationship with God, Jesus, how he did it. We've invited, or identified five keystone habits of Jesus, and we're challenging ourselves to put these into practice. Thus far, we've looked at the importance of committing to community. That was our first keystone habit. We noted that people that we allow into our lives, including all the people we allow into forms of media and entertainment, that that collection of people, they influence us. And so we've committed to surrounding ourselves with people that have God-inspired qualities. Our second keystone habit then turned inward. Last week, we, we talked about studying Scripture and how it helps us to discover our identity, which in turn then shapes our habits. Today, I want to talk about the third keystone habit of Jesus. That habit is prioritizing Prayer. In his best-selling book, it was called Essentialism, a man named Greg McCown, he expre- explains the, the, the surprising history of the word priority and how its meaning has shifted over time. The word priority came into the English language around the 1400s. That word originally was singular. It meant the very first or the prior thing. You kept going the prior thing until you got to the very first. It was at the top, the only. Priority stayed singular until the 1900s when we pluralized the term and started talking about priorities. Illogically, we reasoned that by changing the word, we could bend reality. Somehow, we would now be able to have multiple firsts. People in companies now routinely routinely try to do just that. They talk about priority one, priority two, priority three, priority four, and so on. This talk gives the impression that many things are the priority. But what it actually means is not one of them are. The relationship with the Father with perfect love and perfect obedience, that was the priority of Jesus. It's singular. It's not one of many. As disciples of Jesus, we are invited and we are instructed once again to make a relationship with the Father who is perfect in love, and to have perfect obedience to that Father, that is our priority. If it was Jesus' priority, it's our priority. If, If a loving relationship with God is our priority, if following the way of Jesus with perfect obedience is your priority, then adopting the prayer habit of Jesus is beautifully important. Now, if you were to study the life of Jesus in the four Gospels of our New Testament, and if you were to count the number of times that Jesus either practiced prayer or taught the importance of prayer, that number would be near 50. 50 times. In those numbers, Jesus is shown to be praying alone, praying in public, praying first thing in the morning, praying in the evening, praying in the middle of the night. Praying before meals, praying before important decisions, before and after healings, and before the greatest struggle and sacrifice in history. In fact, there was one time when the disciples were witnessing Jesus pray, and they must, must have been witnessing something powerful and something beautiful and something meaningful, because as they were witnessing Jesus pray, they paused Him and they said, Lord, Teach us to pray. These disciples, when they witnessed their Lord praying, they they wanted to pray like Jesus. To be in prayer like Jesus. Because, Because if they were like that, then they could have the life and the goodness and the Spirit that they saw in Jesus. Because maybe they could have a relationship with their Heavenly Father like Jesus. In time, they would witness... And they would discover four realities of prayer. The first one is that Jesus prayed often and He prayed early. Check these out. These are verses on Jesus' life. Mark 1.35, He said, Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house. He went off to a solitary place. There He prayed. And then Luke 5. When Jesus but Jesus often often withdrew to lonely places and there he prayed. We see Jesus praying alone and early. We see Jesus praying often and consistently. He prayed in homes, he prayed in the city, he prayed in the wilderness, in solitude overnight you name it Jesus was praying. Prayer was a priority in the life of Jesus at all times and in all circumstances. It was constant and natural, almost like breathing. Today you're being asked to adopt Jesus' prayer habits. Because if your goal is to follow Jesus, if your goal is to be in a relationship with the very God who creates and sustains and is the only one that has life and truth and peace and all the good things, if if that is what you're after, then it's vitally important to constantly and consistently investing time talking with the God. The number two part. Jesus prayed because He needed help. Even Jesus was overwhelmed. Now, I know that He's fully God, but we also know that He's fully man. And He was confronted with the limitations and the difficulties of humanity just like you and just like me. One of the places where we see most evidently the human nature and this need of Jesus was before His crucifixion. Matthew 26 Then Jesus went with His disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be so sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here. Keep watch with me. And going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground. And he prayed, My Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. That night, friends, Jesus would actually repeat that prayer episode three times that reveals to us that Jesus was under tremendous strain. The kind of strain that you and I will never, ever come close to enduring. He was willing and able and overwhelmed by becoming the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Again, verse 38 said, He was overwhelmed to the point of death. You know, for many years I've read that verse and failed to recognize that Jesus, the Son of God, the One who displayed love and power like no other in history, that that, that Jesus, He was overwhelmed. He can be overwhelmed. So can we. This life, this world can bring us to our knees. But thankfully, on our knees, we're invited to pray. We're encouraged to turn to God to be our strength and our hope, our wisdom and our love. Third part. Now, Jesus fully being man in the world, He needed the strength from from above, but Jesus also needed His Father's direction. Now, what an amazing blessing this prayer is, because in the midst of a tempting and distracting and confusing world, I know where I want to go. I want to go with and toward Jesus. It's really that simple. Now that said, I can also admit, I don't know how I'm to get there. But in prayer, I can go to the one who I am chasing after. And in prayer in Him, I can find my direction. So can you. You know, I listen to many that say that they, they want to journey with God now and they want to end their journey in heaven near the throne of this holy trinity surrounded by the angels and the saints forever worshiping and living in holiness with God. I hear that. And yet, many that I hear would say that are are blindly following the directions that the world gives them. With God's direction in prayer, I can declare, you can declare, I'm not going to follow the ways of the world. I will not move in the corrupted distractions and directions that this world suggests. I will not waste my time with those things. I will not squander my resources on those things. I will be a follower of Jesus. He will be my direction. In prayer, we can say, Jesus, teach me Your ways. And in prayer, we can hear Him give us the directions and the strength to pursue His ways. The fourth part, Here's one last thing to share, and this one's pretty exciting. Not only does prayer influence how how you and I personally live, but prayers can change the world. Jesus prayed because prayers change the world. The power of prayer is incomprehensible, just the way it is. Now, the only reason I can think of that someone wouldn't pray to god and make prayer a priority is well it's probably because they don't believe that their prayer has power i know you say and everybody says oh i believe prayer has power but do you really how about this i'm going to ask you a couple questions this is going to be a test Know that i would ask this to myself first. I'm not pointing fingers at you. This is coming at me first. When I read this, I was like, holy smokes, I'm that guy. All right, so, but here it is. If, if I were to answer these questions myself, right? Looking back on this last week of your life, if you had journaled and written down everything you pray for, whether you're driving down the road, if it was this categorized log day by day, hour by hour, every prayer you asked God this week and engaged God with this week, if God answered every prayer request you made, what would be different in the world today? Hmm. Sadly, if I answered that question for myself before this week, I would have said, man, there's some weeks where the world would be upside down and glorious. But most of the time, I wouldn't, the world wouldn't look that much different after my week of prayer. My sermon, well, it might be helpful because I'm asking God to make it helpful. Um, new people would find Emmanuel Lutheran Church, that the ones who are without a home and without a family, that they could come here and discover that this is a home and this is a family for them. That prayer would be answered. My sons, they would stay close to Jesus. My wife and I, we would have love in our marriage and we'd be keeping our vows. Oh, there'd be a couple of people who would find jobs. There'd be another couple of people who found physical healing in their life and in their relationships. But like, there'd be nothing crazy in the world that would have happened in most weeks if you'd looked at my prayer requests. That's sad. Sad. You know, because if I really believe what the Scripture says about prayer, and this is what it says in John 14, 14, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I'll say that again. Jesus tells us if you ask anything in my name, that means according to His will, His ways, His examples, right? If you ask Jesus for anything in His name, He will do it. If I really believe that, then I could spend days Asking God to bring healing to the sick, healing to the addicted, healing to the people who are just wounded by bad behaviors and bad events in this world. I would spend days asking God to direct and empower the lives of my Christian friends here and around the world the ones I don't even know. I'd spend days asking for the leaders of our world, the leaders of peoples on earth and all the peoples on the earth that they would discover the good news of God and Jesus that everybody could come to follow God's kingdom ways. Days praying. If I could watch and see it happening as I was praying, you wouldn't see me. My wife would say, where's my husband? My sons, he's missing, right? They'd have an all search, he's gone. Because it would be, wow. You know what? Jesus invites us to pray like that. Jesus prayed because He knew that prayer changes the world, and He did. And we are invited to follow Him, to follow Him in prayer, and with Him to do our part in changing the world toward God. So what are the takeaways for today? We pray because Jesus instructed us to pray. Because we need help. Because we need direction and to change the world toward God. We will trust and believe that God answers our prayers, not always the way we want Him to, not always in the timing that we desire, but in ways in which His will is done in this world. And always for our eternal benefit and never for our eternal detriment for the remainder of this challenge, for the rest of your lives, make prayer a priority. God, help us be that church. Amen. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father
2: Almighty, Creator of Heaven. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He, he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and, and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered and vomited, was crucified, and was buried. He descended he into hell. On the third day He rose again. He ascended into and heaven and he seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living. Do you believe in the Holy, in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, we ask that you continue to call us to serve your holy purposes. We ask that you continue to look upon us with mercy and patience as we do our best to bring you into our homes and lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As you enter into our messy and confused worlds, we ask that you bring direction, hope, and peace so that we might have the ability, strength, and courage to follow the example of your Son. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, your will is that all people would be presented your good news. Repent, confess, follow your will, and be saved. Lord, if it gives you glory, make your will come to life within each person of Emmanuel Lutheran Church. Reform us to be your faithful people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that you inspire the hearts and minds of leaders around the world so that they might personally submit to you as Lord and Savior. We ask that you work through global and local leaders to bring relief to the poor, peace to places of war, and freedom to, all, to, to for all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, look with favor upon all who mourn loved ones, all who are under excessive life stresses, all who are wounded by sin, and all who are in need of healing, especially those we name in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our prayer.
1: Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray. We will trust in you. And in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we boldly pray. Amen. We'll continue our worship with our tithe and offering. A... Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed Amen. be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy, thy will be, be done on earth as is it is in heaven. heaven.